Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another in edition of Taco Tuesday. Let's taco about insurance. Let's taco about it. And um, I'm Christian Brindle. He's Glenn Shelton. And we're back with another episode. Thanks so much for being here. Um, how Today? is Mister? How is Brother Shelton this morning? Brother Shelton. Brother Shelton is is good. Again, you guys, <laughs> um, we're we're kind of before before taco eating time. Uh, so we are sans tacos yet again. We're going to have to really blow out some episodes with tacos since we've been failing you guys, but, uh, maybe we will. I, honestly, I think at some point we should just have an episode about exclusively tacos. I know and how much just, you guys love that. Yeah. I'm sure that would be our biggest at just, we're talking about pork versus beef. We're talking about fast food tacos versus you know, sit down restaurant tacos, that's going to happen, you guys. And I can't wait for the haters to come out and just say, you guys didn't even talk about insurance. We're talking about tacos. It's going to happen. You like my bell? Um, <laughs> that's, that's a bell. If you guys couldn't tell if you're watching on YouTube, you guys, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners today. Um, and I also want to encourage uh, la, 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 la. I'm trying to pull the email that we got when we were sharing our episode. So, uh, we're, we have a topic that was requested by a listener and we've, we're going to jump into it. Um, the name, Mr. Rick Porras, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Rick responded when we were sharing uh, a new episode, he says, is it possible to have a taco Tuesday discussion about hiring training and compensating appointment setters, both U.S. and foreign-based. I'm at this juncture right now, and I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, he's also curious what scripts to use. So kind of a big topic, and we may have covered a little bit of this before with some of our um, other episodes, but you know, really the idea of this whole conversation is we want to talk about appointment setting, everything that kind of falls in and around appointment settings. So um, I also want to encourage any listeners or viewers, you have a topic that you'd like to hear discussed, just like we're taking Rick's topic and we're running with it today. Shoot us an email, comment on the video, uh, comment on social media when we share this and just ask. And, and if we can, we would love, we'd love to talk about a topic uh, that you guys are interested in. So that being said, Christian appointment setting. So, so before we jump into this topic, I wanted to um, propose something to the audience. Ooh, I love it! And and, and to and to and to you, Glenn. Um, You're proposing so, to me. 
I am yes. I'm proposing. Yes. Something to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm getting <laughs> okay. So I've been having a lot of deep internal thoughts about this as of late. Okay. And I feel like everyone has a nickname except for Christian Brindle. Okay. okay. So Eric, Eric Fierro is the king of automation. Okay. Galen Hendricks is the queen of the bundle. Ooh. Right. I want to be the king of something. And so I believe. I you were going to say Jack. I was going king. Jack. Queen. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> the, Jack, the Jack of all trades. No, the Jack of all trades. I love that. Okay. So. I want to propose this to the audience. Okay. okay. I'm scared. Continue. From the audience. Okay. So email me, b- harass me, bug me with your thoughts. I want you to drive me nuts about this. Email me. If you don't have my email address, I don't want are to. You, are you asking for them to give you a nickname or do no, you no, have no, I have I have one in mind. Okay. Oh, but God. I want to oh, God. know people's thoughts before oh, God. I start. Brace. I start. Brace running. yourselves. The king of content marketing. Ooh, okay. Because it's true. I don't care what anybody says. Maybe it should be more specific because content marketing is is more ambiguous. Maybe it should be the king of video marketing. Ooh. I see. I don't know if I'm the best out there at that though. I can think of two people that I I I wouldn't want to go up against on that. Like Nick Nick Ayers is one. Yeah, Nick, dude, he's his stuff. Shout out to, to Nick. Um, just polished. Some of the stuff he's yeah. read, he's been, I've been keeping an eye on his stuff. Just polished. When I when I say um, when I say content marketing, I think it's the whole scope. I think we got it covered really well, like on all the platforms to video to written content to books to podcasting. The king that's, that's, of senior insurance content marketing. Oh, it's too long. It's too, too long. long. <laughs> too long. I tried. I tried. I, it, it, I, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Okay. okay I let them know, you guys. Thoughts. King of content marketing, Christian Brindle. D- does it Jack? Does it, Jack of content marketing. Jack of content. Oh. Joker. He's a joker of content marketing. <laughs> Christian Brindle, everybody. Joker of content marketing. I love it. Okay. Appointment okay. setting. Appointment yes, setting. Appointment setting. Rick, Rick is dying right now. Rick is like, we are not talking about your nickname. <laughs> Appointment setting. Christian, walk us through. What do you think? What do you think about appointment setting? You know, uh, we talked a little bit about this off air before we started recording. You mentioned, you know, a lot of it is your staff scheduling, you know, basically inbound calls you're getting. What do you think? Yeah. yeah so I, I want to, I'm definitely, you know, um, and anxious to hear your thoughts on it because no, I don't think I can't think of anybody in our space that knows more about it than you. And I'm not saying that to kiss, but although kiss I like the, to do that, kiss, but, the, kiss the butt, let's go. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying that genuinely, you know, like, um, you know, guys, Glenn is as good as it gets when it comes to all things telemarketing. Right. And this isn't one of my YouTube ads, you know, this is like, this, this, this is genuine. This is real. And um, ah. you know, this is certainly in that scope of things in terms of like, you know, appointment schedulers. But I would say, yeah, for me, you know, what we do t- typically in my office is a lot of times what, you know, people and everyone, everyone in my office that answers the phone, they have a link to my calendar. So we use Calendly for that. Um, we were using schedule once 
for a while and I like it and I still use it for like some automation things, but just because like the, 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 the platforms we were using didn't work well with Calendly and things like that. But I try to use Calendly as much as I, as, as I can. I like Calendly. I have the pro version. I pay for it. I don't use the free version. Like it. we use it a lot in my office. And so things just pop up in my calendar throughout the week constantly. Um, and usually, you know, it's referrals that called in, not, not as much these days. We're kind of passing those off to other agents in the office now, but um, like last year, you know, and years in the past when someone would call in, that was an inbound lead, right? Somebody that called in from a podcast, they found us online, they saw a YouTube video, they were referred to us, they saw a piece of branded direct mail that we sent out. I don't want to show that to you guys. You have to be in my inner circle for that. But I can see them. I can see them. Maybe. But anyway, like any kind of inbound call to the office that was calling in for me, my staff would, would schedule them on my calendar for an appointment and we'd if they were in the area, we'd try to get them to come in. If they weren't in the area or didn't want to come in, we'd schedule a phone appointment. That was typically the process. Um, and then, you know, we've also done the appointment scheduling with Lead Heroes, right? Like, I don't, I don't mean for this to be like a Lead Heroes commercial video, but no, please. But it's, it's been, it's been really. This episode, helpful. this episode is sponsored by Lead Heroes. <laughs> um, but we've done that in the past, you know, to where like, you know, we'd have some callers with with you guys make calls and schedule appointments for me or someone else in my office, you know, in a, and, um, on a calendar kind of in that same fashion. And that was really cool too. Cause then, you know, we'd come into work the next day and we'd have a full day's worth of phone appointments set up already. Um, yeah. so that's kind of what my experience with that has been. I've never actually gone out and hired my own. Just, I just haven't, um, I, I have a couple thoughts on it and I'd love to see if you think I'm off yeah. or, on with it. I, I think when it comes to appointment schedulers, what it's really doing for you is it's doing two things the way I see it. It's doing one, it's, it's saving you tremendous time and giving you ability to scale, right? Because you have, if you have two people or three people or something like that, they're able to hit a lot more people than you can by yourself. And you can work on other things while they do that for you. It's just saving you time. It's an efficiency thing. Um, and yep. it, it, it's a, it's a way to scale having appointments, right? Cause they're Scaling weeding through, themselves. yeah, they're weeding through all of the, the non-interested people that you might have to call if you were making, you know, pretty cold outbound calls. Um, I also feel like, you know, people, people always ask this about appointment schedulings. Like, would you, what is, is the quality of the appointment going to be as good as if it's, if you made it yourself? And my answer would be probably not, but probably not. But you're probably going to be the best at everything in your business, right? And you can't be all everywhere at the same time. Yeah. So it's no different than anything. The way I look at, Um, you are the best at everything in your business, whether it be customer service, sales, marketing. But to really get ahead, you need to be able to outsource things. And sometimes I feel like you know if it's 75% of how good of what you, what you could do and you're not having to spend the time to actually find that person, it's totally worth it. Ding, ding, ding. hundred. Yeah. A hundred percent. So um, yeah, to, I'll just kind of jump in and share some of my thoughts and I want to preface everything I'm about to say you guys with there's, there's more than one way to skin. <laughs> <a> cat, okay. <laughs> I have seen so many different compensation models 
for appointment setters. I have personally used several different compensation models for appointment setters. I'm not saying there's one way to do this. Um, I started off setting my own appointments as an agent. I was spending one full day in the office, sometimes two full days a week, just setting appointments. So, you know, when you're talking about like, we, we discussed time management before here on the podcast, that's a lot of time. If you're working five days a week and I'm spending almost two full days just setting my own appointments, that's time that I could have been selling insurance that I'm not selling. I don't get paid as an insurance agent to set an appointment. I'm not getting paid to sit in the office and set appointments. Those two days, I just want to be super clear. If I had my appointments preset or someone else is setting my appointments and I'm selling insurance five days a week instead of three days a week, now I am making significantly more money. My highest month as an insurance agent when I was selling life insurance was with an appointment center. And I remember when I really started to figure it out, it was a huge jump to go from, and again, it's not that I'm an incredible salesman. I am, but um, it's just that it's, (laughs) it's, it's going from three days in the field to five days in the field. That's just an incredible amount of additional time. And by default, you're going to make more sales. And even the, after you spend the expenses on the appointment setter, you're going to end up with more money, more profits. Your bottom line should be bigger. So compensation models. I totally agree with also with what Christian just said. Chances of you finding an appointment setter that's as good as you or better than you is almost impossible. I've heard, I've seen the situations where, you know, you find a licensed agent who doesn't want to be in the field and they're really great at appointment setting. Yes, I've, I've heard about those scenarios. That's awesome. You know, if you can find that hidden gem, um, but it's usually the exception, not the rule. Typically, like Christian said, you might find someone or a service that's 75% as efficient as you. But again, in the long run, you're saving time, you're selling more policies, you're making more money. So, um, you know, and there's, I've hired individuals both here and state, you know, both stateside and overseas. I've tried uh, commission only models, right? I think a really popular uh, compensation method that I'll see people talk about that I've tried personally before is, you know, I'm going to pay you $20 for every appointment that I actually sit down and present to. I'm not saying that I have to sell that person to pay you as an appointment setter but I'm only paying you if I actually get to sit down with them. And the idea with that is they have some skin in the game. They're trying to set a quality appointment because they want you to sit down and talk to that person. Whereas if it's just an hourly compensation that the appointment setter is getting and they don't have that skin in the game, maybe the appointment wouldn't be as strong. Now, The devil's advocate, what I can tell you, again, from doing this, from setting more than probably 30,000 appointments over the past five years alone, that the appointment setter isn't going to necessarily be satisfied with their compensation in that model. They set 10 appointments and they worked their ass off to set you 10 appointments. And then for whatever reason, you only end up sitting down with five and you turn around and only pay them for five of their 10. You got to look at it from the appointment setter's point of view. Are they going to be happy with getting paid for half the work they did? No, Mm -mm. no, they're not. Um, 
I personally like, I think the perfect, if, if I were to tell an agent, like, you know, what is the perfect compensation model? I think it's a hybrid. I think they need a guarantee for their time. Um, but then there should be also, uh, you know, some sort of spiff or bonus based on how those appointments go. I mean, what I can uh, peek behind the curtain at lead here is what I can tell you guys is it's not just a guaranteed model. It's not just hourly that we pay our team. There's definitely bonuses and compensation based on production um, as an incentive. Just, I mean, that's, is, is that not what everyone wants, right? Doesn't everyone want some type of incentivization? Is that not how the carriers work too, right? The insurance carriers, do they not say like, Hey, if you produce a lot of policies, we're going to bonus you. Right. I mean, I, I, that's my personal opinion on what the perfect model is. You guarantee them a certain amount hourly, whatever is fair or weekly, right? If it's more of a salary, but then there is also some sort of bonus on top. What do you think, Christian? I think you nailed it. I mean, I think, cause, cause that's the thing. I think the biggest thing that you said that jumped out to me was like, you got to look at it from the point of view of the appointment setter, right? <laughs> like if you want to find a great appointment setter, chances are you want to create an environment Right. In a situation and an opportunity to where they can thrive. Right. Like I did a training yesterday, my, on my, on my Thursday training calls for six figure Medicare university members, um, plug, um, hashtag plug every Thursday at 12 PM Eastern standard time or 11 PM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but anyway, um, and I did, I did a, a, a training all about staffing and just kind of, you know, my thoughts on staffing, mistakes I've made, things that maybe they can avoid, you know, hiring your first employee who you should hire first. Like I tried to really dive into that. And one thing I said on there, and I think it relates was um, when you're hiring somebody, and I think an appointment setter is no different. If you want great people, you have to create an environment, an opportunity, a compensation model and a situation where it would attract great people, Right. You can't just put like some shit pay out there and expect to get great people because like great people are smart. They know they're great used most of the time. And yep. a lot of times they know their value and other people will offer them more than you. So you're going to end up with like maybe lower quality of, in, of people. Not that anybody's better than other, other people, but for certain tasks and jobs, they are. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that kind of relates and I think you hit it right on the head, but that that's my thoughts on it is like, you have to create an opportunity or a model that's like, okay, that sounds pretty good. I would like to, you know, someone, I, I bet a lot of people would like to maybe take advantage of the opportunity. It's lucrative. It's like a mutually beneficial thing. Right. That's the key. It really is. And I think there are agents out there and agency owners where, how do I phrase this without getting canceled? <laughs> um, they look at other people as almost like they would an, an, an inanimate object. Like they're buying a, a piece of furniture for their office, <laughs> right? Like um, these are people, whether you're working with someone in your office whether you're hiring a remote person here in the States, whether you're working with a virtual assistant overseas, there are still people. Um, you need to have some empathy, right? You need to understand from their point of view, what do they want? What is success to them? And creating a mutually beneficial environment, like you said, where you're making money, they're making money. I'm not saying that you're splitting things 50-50 with them, <laughs> but 
you can definitely say, Hey, I, I had a really great week because you did my appointment setting. Here's, here's a bonus, you know, on top of what I'm already paying you. I think that's pretty simple. Yeah. You know, I, I would agree. Um, question for you on appointment yes. setters. Yes. Fire away. If an agent's watching this and they have no experience with appointment setters, what would be the best thing for them to do? Would it be best to go off and try to find somebody themselves? Would it be best got to do it someone else? You like got to do it. Your, I think you got to do it yourself first. I really do. I, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to have expectations if you've never set again. Like I spent probably almost two years setting my own appointments every single week before yeah. I ever went and thought about hiring an appointment. It kind of goes back to the recruiting conversation that we've had before. You, but you're going to go out brand new after you've sold insurance for a week and start recruiting agents. I think it's the same way. You got to really understand how appointment setting works and what the expectations are before you go out and hire an appointment setter. That's my, that'd be the first thing I'd recommend. I know I kind of cut you off there, but I just, I feel very strongly that you should do it yourself (laughs) before you hire someone. It's, it it comes back to, like you were saying, it comes back to the conversation of you can't teach what you don't know. Right. So like, when you're bringing on an appointment setter, you're going to have to teach them the scripts you want them to use, right? You're going to have to basically coach them on kind of the method and the way they're about to do it. Unless you're just finding somebody that's just a badass. But like, if someone's already a badass before they meet you, why wouldn't they just go sell insurance? Why would they be your appointment setter? (laughs) I don't know. Like, I just, I, I question that, you know, like, so a lot of times I think you're going to have to teach people the way you want them to do it. And like, yep. It, and, and like we said at the beginning of this episode, you're probably going to be at the, the best at anything in your business. Hopefully yep. you are. If you're not and you struggle with appointment setting, I don't, I, I, would it be fair to say that going off and finding an appointment setter isn't the answer? Maybe you should work on getting better at that yourself first, like Glenn was saying. Yeah. Because um, some people really struggle getting in front of people. And I mean, I think that comes back to a conversation where it's like, you need to work on your sales skills, right? Yes. Like right. And, and selling an appointment is that's a sale, dude. Yeah. That's a sale. You are selling. I mean, I kind of, I had this vibe. I almost wish I could go back. I, I, and then, um, you know, right around the time that I was getting into the insurance industry, the Wolf of Wall Street was kind of starting to become a thing. Like there was kind of some overlap there. What and so like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really started to buy into the phone. You know, these are plastic M16s. You know what I said? Like, you better ready, ready, ready for a trained person to pull the trigger. <laughs> I want you to be telephone terror. You know, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. God. <laughs> <laughs> I got really good at it, you guys. And I came in with no appointment. I just want to say, like, I had zero appointment setting experience coming into this. Um, I guess I want, one thing I really want to get into as we're kind of getting towards the back end of the episode here, the, part of the question that Rick asked was scripts. So I'll, I'll kind of go through 
what I would say on, on some of the life side. And then if you, maybe you want to talk about like an appointment setting script that you would say on the Medicare side, I think that'd be kind of a, a cool part to have in this episode. So um, on the life side, there's kind of a debate on doing health underwriting over the phone or not. I even knew some agents at the time when I was getting into the industry where if they felt like a person was super sick, they would literally just throw the lead away because they felt like, oh, I wouldn't be able to write really anything. I'm not, even though they said they wanted to meet with me, I did some health underwriting. I'm not going to go see that person. I got to the point, you guys, as an agent where I was like, I just need to see them. I just need to sit down with them. I will do everything else. And if I'm already meeting with them face-to-face anyways, obviously telephonic appointments, if you're like pre-setting for a telephone appointments, it's a little different. But if, if I'm planning on meeting with someone face-to-face, I don't need a super qualified appointment. I just need them to agree to see me and then I will take it from there. So, you know, a, a script I would use, you know, hey, Mrs. Jones, and, and obviously depending on where the lead type came from, you know, if it's a telemarketed lead versus internet lead versus direct mail lead, I've worked it all. You know, obviously you, you've got to really get them to remember what they what they opted in for, what they why why are you calling them, right? You know, hey Mrs. Jones, you got that phone call the other day. You said your favorite color was purple. This was about the burial benefits for uh, seniors. You know, I'm the licensed specialist here in the area. I'm the one that has to get this information out to you. Do you remember getting that phone call? Okay, great. I'm going to be in your area. I'm actually going to be just down the street from you uh, tomorrow. And I can see you at 12 p.m. or 2 p.m., which time works better for you. So they, they remembered the marketing. They said yes. And now I'm immediately jumping in and trying to secure the time. And guess what happens at that point? Miss, what, what's Mrs. Jones going to say? I'll tell you what she's going to say. Mrs. Jones is going to say, oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not available tomorrow. I really don't want to, I don't want to see anybody face. Oh, Mrs. Jones, like I said, I am just going to be down the street from you. This won't take more than five or 10 minutes. I just have to go over this information with you again. You know, you were the one that said you, you needed this. So clearly I need to have this conversation with you and being very assumptive. And, and again, and then at that point, once I clear the objection, you guys, I'm coming right back to the time. You know, okay, Mrs. Jones, again, 12 p.m. or 2 p.m., which one works better for you? Okay, 2 p.m.? Okay, great. Um, by the way, Mrs. Jones, I'm going to have my license with me. I used to have, uh, I used to actually like wear a miniature version of my insurance license on, on my shirt. Um, I love it. And I, what's that? I said, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous thinking back now. But, I, I, you know, I'm carrying my license like like almost like a badge. And I'm like... I'm going to have my license with me, Mrs. Jones, so you can verify who I am. I am who I say I am. Um, and I'll be there at 2 p.m. Again, this won't take more than about five minutes. And then I'm confirming the address, right? It says here, Mrs. Jones, you're at 756, you know, Clearwater Street. Great. Okay. See you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Boom. And that's it, guys. I think a lot of people get in their head about what the script is, or I need to talk to this person for 30 minutes. I got to the point where it was just like... It was like a five minute phone call, a three or five minute. I'm mean, just literally. And I would just sit down for a few hours, bang out 15 appointments, fill up my week and go. You know, that, that was it. You guys, that was kind of my script that I would use. That's the script. If someone asked me, which I get asked all the time, how, you know, what do I say? What do I say? That's the script I would say. So Christian, tell us you're setting an appointment for Medicare. 
What are you saying? How's it go? Okay, so there's a there's <clears throat> there's a couple different variables, right? That would impact the where I would go with the conversation. So, like, take this, take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt for a couple of things, guys. You can be doing an appointment face to face where you're going to see them. Right. You can be doing a phone appointment, which I would make the argument to where, like, if you're doing a phone appointment. For Medicare specifically, just do it right then and there. Right, just sell them right there. Why, why, the- why, why take that extra step? But like when I started, my model was we would make calls Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday if necessary, and then we would schedule appointments Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'd go out in the field on those appointments. So like it just depends on what you're really trying to do. So it's really hard to tailor to everything. Assume, I would assume it's a, fa- I'd say for the sake of art, let's assume it's a face-to-face appointment, right? right? So here, here would be my call, right? So let's say I'm working a direct mail lead, right? Got some around here. There we go. All right. So let's say I'm going through, you know, I'm calling <laughs> Natalie, who didn't fill anything out on the card. Um, so I'm, I'm calling, you know, ring, ring, ring. Yep. Answer. She goes, hello. I'm, this, I'm, I'm always going to start off. I took a lot of the Wolf of Wall Street tonality stuff and implemented it into my script. And I think it did help me around maybe yeah. two or three. Yeah. And I read, you know, some of Jordan's books and things like that. So I, I, I use some of that stuff, you guys, <laughs> some, um, cause I think it does work. I think when you're absolutely, absolutely. Over the phone, you don't have body language. You don't have eye to eye contact. They can't see your smiling face. So your tones and how you pronounce yourself and enunciate is going to be ever so more key. So I'm going to start off the call and I'm going to be really excited to talk to them. Cause how many times have you got a call from a solicitor and they're just like, is this Mr. Brindle? I'm like, Oh, fuck you, dude. I'm like, <laughs> first, like, reaction, like Oh, you sound miserable. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk to you, you know? So I'm going to be like, hi, is this Kelly? I'm a smile. Cause my smile comes through. So you can say, yes. I'm going to say, hi, Kelly. My name is Christian. The reason for my call today, Kelly is in the last couple of weeks, you sent a reply card back into my company requesting some information about some Medicare benefits that includes some dental, vision, hearing, gym memberships, and a couple of other additional benefits that you might be eligible for at no additional cost. I actually saw, Kelly, that I'm that you were located around blah, blah, blah address, right? Right. Um, downtown in Salt Lake, that's about 15 minutes away from my office. And I'm going to be out in your area later on in the week. I actually wanted to personally deliver this information to you. Would, is there a time later on this week that I could maybe come by and spend about 30 minutes with you and provide this information? Um, if I'm just trying to make an appointment, I'm going all in with that. And I'm trying to get that out within like 10 seconds, right? right. Um, I'm trying to make it tight because the longer my approaches goes, the longer they have to basically cut me off and or shoot me down. Um, some people now, now I've seen a lot of different schools of thoughts with this, but some people will say like, you know, they're, they're very assumptive about the time, right? They're like, they're right. like, I have only Thursday at 9am available, right? They're like, well, yeah. I'm at church was- Thursday, 9am. I'm like, well, right. you just screwed yourself. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's the dumbest thing, in my opinion, you can do what I do. And I tried doing that. It never worked well for me. Like, yeah. because if I, if I say that I have another, I'm like, well, actually I have another time available. I'm a liar. And right. if I push it back into the next week, then there's a great chance that they might stand me up, right? Because the right. longer you schedule it out, the less likely they are to show up. So um, 
what I would do in, and what I typically will do is I'll say, I'm going to be out in your area later on this week. That's a big thing that I was taught and it's worked really well for me. I'm going to be out in your area. I'd say that as many times as I have to, I'm going to be out in your area. I'm using the no big deal assumptive clause. I'm going to say, look, it's no big deal. I'm going to be out that way anyway. It's no problem. It's convenient. I'll be there anyway. Worst case scenario. Um, I can't help you and we go our separate ways, but at least, you know, at least you can sleep well at night and you know, right. Right. Um, and I'm going to say, I'm going to be out in your area later on this week. Is there a time I can come by? And they're going to say, well, what days are you out there? I'll be like, well, I'm going to be actually spending a few days out there, Mrs. Johnson. Um, what, is there a particular day that's good for you? She's like, well, then I'm putting it in her ballpark, right? Any day she says, I'm going to be like, well, that's actually the best day for me. It doesn't matter what she says. I'm gonna, she's like, Friday's good. That's actually the best day for me, Mrs. Johnson. Thursday's a little tough, but that day's great. Um, what time of the day is usually good for you, Mrs. Johnson? She's like, well, what time's good for you? I'm like, well, I... I got some meetings in my calendar, but I got some openings. It just depends on what day, what, what, but what time, what is the best time for you? She's like, well, I'll, I guess I could be here around 11. I'm like, you know what? That's actually perfect for my schedule as well. I have some pretty, I'm pretty busy early in the morning, but that time actually works great. Um, I'll confirm the address. I'll get off the phone. Same thing. I'm trying to spend five minutes or less. Yep. Um, so my approach is dramatically different depending on what I'm trying to do and what kind of lead I'm working, but it's the same script. I just make some tweaks. Um, and then, you know, I think once you're really good at appointment setting, I think that you can tweak that and go into a little bit more detail to fact find. So that way you're only seeing really good qualified people, but that's more or less. Well, I guess. All right. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, because again, this is, I think this is like an ongoing debate in the industry. I mean, I've, I've, and I've heard so many different things from so many different people over the years. And again, I was trained initially to essentially pre-sell over the phone on a face-to-face appointment. I was trained and I moved away from that. I went, I got really good at it, but I, I got, I just felt like it was a waste of time, especially because I'm willing as a life insurance agent, you guys, I will fucking write a guaranteed issue policy. <laughs> I don't care. And, and honestly, the agents who won't write GI, I think you suck. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. If you won't write guaranteed issue because you think you're not getting as much money or, oh, it's all, it's only as earned. Guess what? You're not doing what's in the best interest of the prospect because they can't qualify for anything and you have an option and you can actually help them and you're choosing not to because you don't feel like you make enough money. Oh, you already spent money on the leads anyways. Like what the hell's wrong with you? Get something out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, get something out of it. I would write an accidental death policy for 10 <laughs> yeah. bucks a month and make no money. Like anyways, I think in in the uh, Medicare in in the Medicare realm, the reason why I, as probably in year 3, I developed an approach to incorporate it into my script where I could fact find more and the reason was because in Medicare there's a lot of things that could make it to where even if they want to buy from me they can't Right. Right. Like um, if they're on a med sup and they want to change to another one, they might have a gr- ridiculous rate that I can't beat. Right. Or they might have, they might have like cancer or something or kidney dialysis or something. Right. That that's going to, they're on TRICARE. They don't need, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of variables <laughs> with Medicare, right. It's, they don't like, need anything. it's a different yeah. world. So like, I don't know how deep you want to go into this. I know we're going over, no, no. but, um, Let's but I, on. Uh, so what my script would be, I would do the same script as what I would say before, right? If I was trying to fact find a little bit more now, I think you should get 
as many appointments as possible in bulk if you're new because experience is king. Yes. But once you've cut your teeth and you have a lot of client, you have some clients under your belt and you kind of know what you're doing, I feel like at least in the Medicare space, efficiency is going to matter because you don't want to waste the windshield time if you're going to their house. Um, so what, what I would add in terms of my, if, if once you're to that point, so I had my disclaimer, right? If you're brand new, don't try to fact find too much, just get appointments, right. get some experience. But, right. and, and also like Glenn said, you might be able to sell something else, right? Like in the Medicare right. world, maybe you can sell a hospital indemnity or a DVH or Cancer something. insurance. Yeah. Sell, something else. There's an argument to be said to just get as many appointments as possible. I tried to, in the Medicare side anyway, I tried to make it to where I was only meeting with the most highly qualified people down the road. And, and that wasn't always that way. But so I would add to the end, I would say, I, once I get to the end of my script, I'd say, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions to determine if I can be of any service? So that's how I do. I'd, I'd call up Kelly and I'd be like, hi, is this Kelly? Yes. Kelly, my name is Christian. I'm getting back to you. I've always found that to be really powerful. I'm getting back to you. Um, Not a cold call. I'm calling you back. Yeah, exactly. You requested information. I'm, right. I'm going out of my way to get back with you, Kelly. Right. So um, I'm getting back with you on a reply card you sent back into my company in the last couple of weeks, requesting some additional information about Medicare benefits like dental, vision, hearing. Um, I'm going to be out in your area later on this week, but I, I actually wanted to just maybe see if I could provide you some good information and just kind of see if I can you know, be of any service. Do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? something along those lines, right? We might even, you know, skip the, I'm going to be out in your area part. I might just say, I'm getting back with you on a reply card you sent back in regarding blah, blah, blah. Do you mind if I ask you a couple questions to determine if I can be of any service? What I've found when I do that script and I keep it 10 seconds or under, when I'm trying to fact find, I'd say probably seven out of 10 people that answer the phone are going to answer my questions because I'm not asking for an appointment. I'm not asking for information, personal information. What I'm asking for is really low, it's low intent. Um, and so I find that that a lot of that, I, I, I get a lot less resistance when I'm trying to pre-qualify. So I'm gonna say, do you mind if I ask a couple of questions to determine if I can be of any service? You, you don't mind? Great. Perfect. So, uh, Kelly, do you have Medicare now? You do. Great. Do you already have a Medicare supplement plan or a Medicare health plan that goes with your Medicare? You do. Great. Do you happen to know if it's an advantage plan or a Medicare supplement plan? You're not sure. That's no problem. Do you know which insurance company that is? Oh, it's um, XYZ insurance company. Great. Well, I happen to know in this market, they only carry Medicare Advantage plans. So I'm pretty sure to say that it's probably a Medicare Advantage plan. Does that sound right? Yes. Great. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find out what they have. Right. Um, and I'm trying to do it quick. And I'm being a, being a seasoned, experienced agent, knowing my market, I'm th- my processing in my mind as I'm going, if I can help them, what I can change them to. Right. Like right. They have a Medicare Advantage plan. We're an OEP. I can change them. But in two months from now, I can't. Right. Right. So then you have to just tailor your questions and just try to go along. And you're going to be able to probably tell within a couple of minutes if you can write that person or not. And then be like, you know what? I actually think there's a really great option for you in this market, Kelly, based on what you have. Um, I'm going to be out in your area later on this week. Do you, do you have 30 minutes where I can come by? And then I'm going right into that. So that's my approach in a nutshell. I love, no, I love, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that there was a lot of value in what we both just shared right there. Yeah. And yes, if you're training an appointment setter, it's essentially the same script that we're both talking about. It's just at the end, it's not setting for yourself. They're saying, I'm going to have, you know, my agent, Christian Brindle, 
he's going to be the one out. You know, he's a great guy. I mean, I, gosh, I have so he's much. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, one of the agents I used to work with back in the day, like when I was brand new, he got this, he ended up getting a gal to come in and she used to just talk him up on the phone so much to the point where I would like want to vomit like, Oh yeah. Jake's coming out and oh, Jake's the best guy. He's the sweetest guy. You got the best agent. Oh my gosh. You got the best agent coming to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really fast. We're, we're definitely like at, at our time for the episode. You guys, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to read Rick's email one more time. I want to make sure Rick that we answered all your questions. So um, hiring training. So, you know, we really didn't get into hiring and training as much, but we did talk about compensation um, U.S. and foreign, and then the scripts to use. Um, I guess hiring and training. You know what we did talk about how that could relate is is one is you need you need to be proficient. You don't have to be the best appointment setter ever, and some agents probably should never set their own appointments because they never get really good at it. Um, but when it comes to hiring and training, you have to really figure it out yourself first, and then you can turn around and and really kind of again. Now it's easy for you to share. Okay, this is what I do. This is how I set my own appointments. This is how I fill my own calendar. You know, my appointment center, this is this is what you need to do. You know, where you find it, you can find, you know, services like Lead Heroes, obviously, plug, right? We can set appointments for you. You can go to Craigslist. You can go to Upwork, Freelancer. You can, you know, ask friends or family. You can go to job boards and try to find someone there. Um, and then to get really specific as we're wrapping the episode here, Rick, compensation wise, you know, stateside, you're probably going to pay someone 10 to $20 an hour. And then there's going to be some type of bonus on top of that for either applications, written presentations made, you know, overseas, obviously I'm a huge fan. I'm biased. I have more than a hundred people making phone calls right now, as I'm talking, you know, setting appointments, generating leads probably between, you know, three and $10 an hour based on experience. And then there's probably going to be a bonus in there. Right. So Rick, I hope that answered your question, Christian. That's my final thoughts. Any final thoughts that you have? Yeah, I think um, I would just like to reiterate. I think you hit it right on the head. I'd, I'd like to, you know, just reiterate to everybody that like, I believe that there is I'm not, I don't want to say none at all, but I think there's very, very few paths to being successful in this business if you don't develop sales skills yourself. I think everyone's trying to find shortcuts on how not to have to be a salesperson. If that is you, you might want to take a job somewhere with an agent yeah, exactly. where like they can maximize your talents, right? But like yeah. to build an agency, you got to learn some sales skills. And some people just have such a hard time. I, I talked to someone the other day and I couldn't agree less with him. He was a guy that, um, I guess he runs, he te- te- technically he runs a life IMO. I think he has like 900, a thousand agents or something like that. And he was making the argument to me that every single person can be a good salesperson in the world if they have the proper training. I'm like, that's bullshit. 
I'm like, I don't care, you know? And I'm like, maybe I'm a lot of natural talent. There's a lot of natural talent associated with being a salesperson. You know, I certainly think there's a spectrum of talent for sure. And I think some people can outwork their lack of talent. Yes. Yes. Right. Like they can, they can work on their sales skills and they can develop it, but some people just can't, they can't get out of a paper bag. Like there are a couple people like that, that I've seen. I do believe a majority of people can work on their sales skills and become proficient at it. I do believe that. Um, but I don't, I, I think there's very few pathways to success in this business where you don't do that and take responsibility and ownership of that. And, um, invest in some sales training, watch some YouTube videos, read some sales books. It, it's going to help guys. It helped me super um, early on in my career. And um, I do believe this is just like anything else. You have to learn the sales skills. I do think it's going to be important. Um, and yeah, that I think that's what I would take away from this. I don't think, stop trying to run away from learning how to sell. Yeah. Just learn how to sell. Do the work guys. And, and the rest will follow. Do the work. I mean, I can't point to any agency owner that's really successful that I'm aware of that completely shortcut their way all the way through and like they never set their own appointments. They never really had to write business. And then all of a sudden they have a massive agency, right? There's, there's definitely this like American dream that I feel like some of these agents buy into where they're like, I'm just going to recruit a hundred agents and they're all going to sell a bunch of policies. And I'm going to make a bunch of like, that's just not how it works. You right. got to do the work. Yep. I don't know one person that owns an agency. When I say owns, I mean, they're not a, that doesn't mean they're a high paid employee of an agency, right? Like, right. or they're a partner where they don't own anything, you know, in the agency. Right. I mean, someone that actually owns an agency that doesn't know how to sell. Right. Learn how to sell. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Guys. That was a great episode. I, Rick, I appreciate the topic again, you guys. Great. If you're listening to this episode of Taco Tuesday or you're watching this episode of Taco Tuesday, if you have an idea for an episode, if you have a topic you'd like discussed, let us know. Shoot us an email, comment on social media, comment on the video. We'd love to hear from you guys. Also, Christian's still trying to figure out his nickname. If you have thoughts <laughs> on that. <laughs> Jack of all joker, joke, joker, 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 joker of content marketing, joker, content <laughs> marketing, <practice>. joker, <laughs> king of automation, queen of the bundle, and joker <laughs> of content marketing. There it is. It just happened. The content joker. Dude, that, could, <laughs> that could be cool, though. You could be like scary. <laughs> scary he's scary good <laughs> all right guys um like subscribe comment on youtube give us five stars on any other platform and um we'll be back next week thanks for watching appreciate you guys